0: Hello, and welcome to Hall Render's Practical Solutions podcast and our healthcare regulatory update. Uh, I'm Joe Wolf. I'm an attorney with Hall Render. We are the largest healthcare-focused law firm in the country, and today we're discussing the impact of recent Medicare physician fee schedule changes on a physician compensation plan. I'm the practice group leader for Hall Render's Healthcare Regulatory Practice Group that uh, covers our advocacy, compliance, fraud and abuse, and litigation service lines. Uh, my practice also focuses on physician compensation issues, and I've been working with health health systems nationwide on the very issues we're going to be talking about today. Uh, with me, I have Keith Duggar and Alyssa James. Uh, Keith and, and Alyssa, could you introduce yourself?
1: Sure, absolutely. Joe, thanks for the introduction. My name is Keith Duggar, and I am a uh, partner in Hall Render uh, based in our Dallas, Texas office. Um, as Joe mentioned, uh, Alyssa and I are... Uh, co-chairs in the Fraud and Abuse Service line, so we spend a lot of time focusing on issues that have a fraud or abuse impact on healthcare provider relationships.
2: Thanks, and I'm Alyssa James, a shareholder here in Hall Rinders Indianapolis office. Um, my practice focuses primarily, similar to Keith and Jones, on, on fraud and abuse matters, um, particularly dealing with the SARC law and anti-kickback statute, um, as well as civil monetary penalty beneficiary inducement issues.
0: Great. Uh, Thanks, Keith and Alyssa. And today, in in a very short podcast, we're intending to talk briefly about the recent changes to the Medicare Physician Fee Schedule and its impact on physician compensation plans. Um, Framing this up, back in 2021, there were several modifications to the fee schedule. Um, That included some increases in RVUs that were allocated to certain uh, common Evaluation and Management Service Codes, or e and Codes. Uh, for those healthcare leaders listening in, you'll know that E&Ms are typically associated with primary care and other office-based visits, but this has impacted a lot of different specialties. So we saw an increase in the RVUs associated with E&M visits, so a bump up. But then on the other side of this, due to budget neutrality rules, uh, there was a reduction in the conversion factor um, that, that healthcare organizations receive for reimbursement um, for physician services. And so this has had an impact on physician compensation plans. Um, and that's what we're here to, to talk about today. And so let's just start off with an initial question to Keith and Alyssa. You know, how are these changes to RVU calculations and conversion factors within the fee schedule affecting physician compensation plans?
1: Yeah, thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. And uh, I think Generally, these changes are affecting both, uh, potentially affecting both the economic viability of certain arrangements and also affecting the ability of these arrangements to come within applicable stark and any kickback safe harbors and exceptions. Um, for, as you mentioned, for office based uh, providers who do a lot of EM codes, there is likely to be an increase in revenue associated with their performance of services. But it's also going to be coupled with an increase in RVUs. And for those providers who use RVUs as a measure of productivity and compensation, uh, the question is going to be, do the increased number of RVUs result in compensation for a physician that uh, outpaces the increase in compensation that that physician gets?
0: Thanks, Keith. Um, Alyssa, do you have thoughts as well?
2: I think what, what Keith has described is is exactly right. And you know, I think providers, even though this has been in place for a little over a year now, um, or kind of these this shift has been occurring for a while now, providers are still struggling with their physician compensation and, and kind of what to do about it and you know, looking at the numbers of, of how the RBU modifications may impact compensation and also, of course, looking at that in in conjunction with the physician contracts to, to kind of figure out the best path forward and, and what the options are.
0: Great. Thanks. And I, and I think what Keith and Alyssa are also hitting on is you know, all, all physician arrangements need to align with an exception like Keith described Um, And those those exceptions typically require also that the compensation generated is consistent with fair market value, that the arrangement is commercially reasonable, and that the compensation model doesn't take into account the volume or value of referrals. And and those three standards are are always applicable. And so this this issue with the fee schedule, um, it's critical for healthcare organizations to have a coherent strategy around how they're going to align with those three standards regardless of their uh, ultimate approach under the fee schedules. Um, I'm gonna move on to question two here. You know, What are the two of you seeing in the marketplace with respect to physician group responses to the fee schedule changes? What are you seeing healthcare organizations do um, in, in their response?
2: Yeah, so I think the, the clients that I've been working with primarily, a lot of them have stayed on the 2020 fee schedule um, for 2021. Now for 2022, some folks are, Continuing on that 2020 fee schedule, I worked with a couple of clients that are now moving into the 2021 fee schedule for 2022 as as kind of a transition year. And then there are some that even if they hadn't implemented 2021 last year, they're deciding to kind of rip the bandaid off, so to speak, and, and implement 2022 now going forward but but i think it's something you know there's there's no one size fits all i think it's very organization dependent and again kind of what they are or aren't permitted to do under their physician contracts if they have to get you know the physicians to agree via an amendment obviously that's a different hurdle than than some compensation models that where the rvu calculation and conversion factor can be implemented you know by the employer for example without without that agreement so to speak from the physician so I haven't seen a one-size-fits-all. I think it's something that, that folks really grappled with in 2021 and are continuing to do so in 2022. Um, Keith, I don't know if, you, if you've if you had any different experiences down there in, in Dallas or with the clients that you're working with.
1: You know, I think my the experiences are, are very similar. I, I think when, when the changes to the uh, fee schedule came out in uh, 2021, I think people were really hesitant. You had those changes coupled with unique market circumstances from, uh, stemming from the pandemic. And I think people, I, I think entities were a little hesitant to jump too far into it until they could see the impact that these changes had on the compensation. Um, and, and, and I also think it's one of those things that um, uh, people, although Medicare had been threatening for a while to make changes, I just don't think people were necessarily prepared. Uh, Some clients were, in many respects, Alyssa hit on this a little bit, backed into the corner because their contract did not provide an easy pathway to modification, Um, and so there was a lot of of uh, not frozen, but a lot of hesitancy to move forward until they saw what the uh, what the market was going to do. And as we've seen in 2022, there's been a further Modification to the fee schedule, and so I think people are realizing now. Entities are are realizing now that they need to start to address this, um, and they've got to do it in a way that fits within their uh, kind of corporate goals, their uh, organizational goals, but in a way which allows them to maintain viability.
0: Thanks, uh, Alyssa and Keith, and and I've seen my observations have been consistent with yours. You know, this is a this is a, a challenging issue. I think the healthcare organizations that are that, that are uh, uh, reacting in, in the market are needing to engage some different stakeholders within their uh, their their organization. You know, they need to bring together a team to model out potential scenarios and determine what these potential strategies might look like if they're going to continue to freeze or move on to the new fee schedule, like Alyssa and Keith mentioned. Um, they they are going to have to develop perhaps even specialty specific approaches. Maybe they take the same approach for all their positions or when they actually engage in and, and do the modeling, they might decide that um, it makes sense to take a bifurcated approach. It, you know, it, It's gonna be uh, dependent on that organization's ultimate strategy. Keith mentioned the contractual language. I've seen that as well. That's something that needs to be looked at, um, but it's really important to proactively assess these different strategies and determine the, the right way forward. For the organization. So that's been, I've I've had consistent observations um, to what Keith and Alyssa mentioned. Um, You know, I'll give you, uh, Alyssa and Keith, a a last opportunity to to share either um, what you're seeing around the adoption of new productivity based models, compensation formulas, uh, you know, your observations from working with clients, and maybe what other impacts on compensation might you be seeing in the industry. So just some final thoughts from the two of you uh, on this issue.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think um, one of the things that there's a lot of uncertainty about is how not only these RVU changes, the compensation either uh, increases or reductions, depending upon the type of specialty and the type of service that you're dealing with, um, and again, the pandemic-related effects, um, I, I think everybody in the industry recognizes that all of that together is going to have a significant impact upon survey data and so while traditionally organizations might look to just to throw out an example, MGMA or Sullivan and Cotter data to say, hey, we are fair market value. Our compensation structure is fair market value because it fits within this quote unquote 70 75th percentile of MGMA. Well, Stark at CMS has kind of disabused us from thinking, hey, it's automatically fair market value if it fits within that 75th percentile. And secondly, that data because of of, uh, factors, again, related to the pandemic where physicians, as Joe mentioned, uh, might have received uh, significant compensation, or or not significant, but may have received their full compensation without um, meeting full productivity or historical productivity um, because of the influx of PPP dollars and and other ways um, that, that providers were made whole. All of this is going to have an impact on the compensation survey data, and thus providers are going to be, uh, I think they're going to be struggling to find a way, how do we confirm that this is fair market value or how do we make the best argument? So I think that there's going to be a need to involve both attorneys and valuation entities um, in the process to make sure that you are making the best argument possible um, in case that your compensation structure is ever looked at.
2: I think that's right and I agree, you know, I think the sort of the uncertainty around around fair market value and and some of the survey data right now because of COVID, you know, volumes were down, but a lot of a lot of employers and and organizations kept physician compensation as as stable as they could and and they were able to do that, you know, under the the stark COVID waivers. Um, but I think the end result is that we've got some survey data that that maybe isn't the most reliable, and then when you couple that with these RBU changes and and other issues kind of going on in in the healthcare space right now, and and reimbursement changes and things like you know PVP loans and funding and the Cares Act and and how that all plays into physician compensation for certain organizations, Um you know I think it's it's a little bit of an an unsteady time or an uncertain time, and and I agree with you, Keith. I think now more than ever it's important for, for folks to be reaching out to their legal counsel as well as, you know, any valuation experts they may be working with, or, or maybe if historically they've, um, you know, done those fair market value assessments internally within the organization, you know, now might be a good time to, at least for some of their higher compensated physicians to, to reach out to outside experts to really just kind of get some, get some more stable footing there given all of the, the uncertainty in the market right now.
0: Thanks Alyssa, and thanks Keith. Um, And thanks everyone for listening in. We're obviously here to help as as, uh, healthcare organizations work through this issue, whether it's providing education or or assisting with uh, some of the modeling and strategy and analysis. We're we're more than happy to to work with you. Um, Thanks to all of you for joining us today. If you'd like to learn about the changes to the Medicare physician fee schedule and its impact on physician compensation, please visit our website at www.hallrender.com or reach out to me, Alyssa or Keith by email. Uh, Please remember the views expressed in this podcast are, are those of the participants only and do not constitute legal advice. Thanks and have a great day.